There were two cases being tried, a Manhattan courtroom. Uh, President Donald Trump and his attorneys were trying their case before the court of public opinion, uh, claiming that this is politically motivated from an attorney general who promised to do this while she was running for election. And then, of course, there was the search for the truth that is the trial and whether or not his asset valuations were so inflated as to be fraudulent. That's largely already been determined by the judge. The question is, how much will the Trump organization pay for this uh, liability, this fraudulent liability? Did he hurt or did he help himself? We turn to Matthew Schneider, the leader of investigations and white-collar defense practice, and Hanagman Law, also our former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. Matthew, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me back. Let me focus first not on the bombast but on the actual evidence here. At one point, he was asked about changes to valuations on a 2017 spreadsheet, and he admitted that it probably came at his direction because he thought that those valuations were wrong. How damning is that? Because is that not an admission that he had direct involvement in the preparation uh, of these evaluations? Well, he said probably that he had something to do with it. He didn't really answer it definitely. Specifically, he was talking about the square footage of Trump Tower. It was listed as 30,000. It was actually about 11,000 square feet. And he was asked whether or not there were mistakes in the valuations, and he said yes. Sometimes they have to be corrected. Now, the problem here is the judge can take a credibility finding of Donald Trump. And so at some points in his testimony, he said, Everything we did was perfect. We did absolutely nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all. And then moments later, he says, well, actually, we did make some mistakes. And so the judge can make inferences from that and say, you know, I just I don't believe he was credible because he contradicted himself. So from that standpoint, his testimony didn't help him at all. That's for sure. So, Matthew, you know, he he battled with the judge. He maligned the attorney general. He he was evasive. He gave deliberately deflective and kind of off-point monologues uh, like he does. Uh, the judge admonished him for staying on, for not staying on point, and he seemed to be speaking to the public more than the court, and the public couldn't see what was going on. Does that harm his case? I'm not sure it really has an impact because this case uh, at this stage isn't about whether or not fraud has been committed. The judge has already found that. So I think we have to look at what was President Trump's mindset going into this testimony? What was he thinking? He was probably thinking, from my perspective, I've already lost in front of this judge. The, the legal case is against me already. It's, it's pretty much over. So what can I do? Well, I've got two options. Number one, I could try to make a, a case for appeal. I could try to tick off this judge and make him mad at me and make some reversible error by getting upset. Or I could just argue my political case since the legal case is done. And that really is precisely what he did. He was speaking to the people, and he even said that. He said, I hope people are watching. So he was talking to the voters, and it was a platform for him. And the polls are pretty much indicating that that's a good thing for his politics. Well, it did seem like he ticked off the judge because he meandered a bit and started to make it kind of like a political rally. And the judge says, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Trump's attorneys jumped on that and said, you know, how is that OK? Could that now be cause for appeal, that statement from the judge? They'll certainly argue that. But you have to look at that in context. What he said right after that is, I don't want to hear what you say. I don't need to hear your speeches. I want you to answer the questions. And you're not answering the questions. 
that really is the role of the judge, is to direct the testimony so the witness answers the questions. And, of course, the judge changed his approach. In the beginning, he was cutting him off. He was, it was very contentious. After he took that morning break, the judge pretty much let him go. And so uh, on appeal, the court will look at that as well, that Trump got to say pretty much whatever he wanted. At the end of things, he asked for a jury trial. Um, his attorneys asked for a dismissal. Is there any chance that they could prevail on either? No, uh, he didn't seek a jury trial from the beginning. And at this stage, it's not really a case that's set up for a jury trial because this is an issue of trying to figure out what essentially the punishment is, what the equitable damages are, what the result is uh, as, it, as it relates to the consequences. Yeah. And in civil cases like this, that's not what juries are for. No, in criminal cases, too. In criminal cases, except a death penalty case, the judge decides the punishment, never the jury. And it's similar here. So I don't think that's an argument that's going to be very helpful for him. And Matthew, the former president insists that the prosecution only has one witness, which is Michael Cohn, and he said that uh, he was discredited as a result and should be dismissed. Uh, Is that true, or is he conveniently kind of ignoring the documented and documentary evidence? Well, the most important witnesses in this case, it's not Cohn, it's not Trump, it's not the Trump sons, it's the financial experts. It's the people who actually went through those documents and assessed them. Those are the critical people, and actually they're kind of the most boring witnesses in this case, so nobody in the media has really paid attention to them. But of all these other high-profile ones, those are the ones where the, the, the Court of Appeals, the, on appeal, they'll be looking at what they had to say for sure. Just remember, Matthew, we do boring better than anybody <laughs> in Detroit radio. i, I got to ask you, though, you, you brought up the fact that the, the judge has already decided this case. Please remind us how that can happen that this case can be decided before Trump testifies, before his son testifies, before there is due process? Sure. So, uh, you know, the parties didn't necessarily disagree with that. They had an opportunity to say, no, this isn't appropriate for the judge, and those arguments weren't made uh, in a civil case where you're trying to decide these types of damages. It's really what the role of the judge is. And the Trump lawyers, there's two different approaches. What the Trump lawyers in court were saying, they didn't object to the judge making that type of decision. And then Trump, of course, walks out of the courtroom and says, I demand a jury trial. Well, what he's saying in public is really different from what is being argued in the courtroom. So there's a bit of a contradiction there as well. But again, um, not boring for anything that Donald Trump says when he walks out of the courtroom. Well, never. There never is. So speaking of those financial experts that are testifying, you know, some are saying there are no victims here and the financial experts knew what they were getting into. But others are saying you can't overevaluate your assets. So what is the commonality there between those two? I mean, what's right and what's wrong? Right. So what the Trump team is saying is uh, President Trump, in fact, testified to this. He said that there's a worthless clause, which which is a an item in these contracts that say, even if there were mistakes, even if things were wrong, it doesn't matter because it's all on the banks, and the banks are the ones who are responsible. And since they didn't speak up, I'm not liable for this. Well, the judge also has already ruled on that because that clause in this case wasn't that strong. So it looks like that's another argument that yeah. will probably go up on appeal, but doesn't look like it's really going somewhere. Yeah, he kept bringing up the disclaimers, and that's kind of where he went off the tracks and was very um, strong. Uh, Matthew, thanks so much. Have a great morning. 